Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, it was this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series, and I was joined by Liz Decker. Now, we could have talked for hours, but her journey into supply chain has been very winding, and she ended up in the construction industry before supply chain. She's building out a customer experience team, and her words of advice and everything that she shares with us is definitely worth going to take a listen. It was such an inspirational episode, so I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. But remember that if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 336. And remember, if you're having a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com, put your keyword into the search function, and all of that content will come Come up. Our podcast episodes dive deep into whether you're their ideal client and real life examples of how they can help you. So go check that out. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Onboard new EDI trading partners in days, not months, with Orderful. Orderful provides a modern EDI platform that is displacing legacy on-premise and managed service solutions. Stop building point-to-point solutions. If you are a retailer, manufacturer, logistics provider, or technology company, you can build a single integration to Orderful's API, and Orderful will validate, translate, and communicate transactions to all of your trading partners. Orderful customers are onboarding new trading partners 80% faster, resulting in increased revenue and lower overall EDI costs. To modernize your EDI infrastructure, visit Orderful, O-R-D-E-R-F-U-L.com and speak to an EDI expert today. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm joined by a company that is on a mission to build a foundation that promotes positive sum growth, increased productivity, improved employee engagement, and greater trust between organizations. It's a mission that I love the sound of, but who does it belong to? Well, I'll reveal it all after the question of the week. So, we're curious, when you do your shopping, do you put your shopping cart away once you're done? Now, this drives my husband crazy when people do not put their carts away. They leave them close to cars and they could really damage cars. So 95% of you said, of course, and I am very shocked at this number because I don't know about you, but I see a lot of shopping carts out and not put away. 5% of you said no, which I'm even more shocked at that we actually had people who said the truth. 1% of you said, what do you do? Isabella, to make it easier, I try to park my car close to the carriage collection area. Brian, as I love Aldi, quarter method to unlock the cart by the entrance and return it or get the quarter from another person in the parking lot. The quarter idea definitely makes sure that people put them away. 
Albert, of course, it adds to my weekly step count goal. I love the way you're thinking about this. Sophia, if the real number would be like this, we would not see the abandoned cart so often. I am totally with you. Tom, and a pox on those who don't put their shopping carts into their proper return areas. Wow, people are getting spicy. Juliet, 99.9% of the time I put it away. And Stephen says, I collected them for three years while in high school, so I'm very sympathetic to the buggy collector's plight. It was great exercise, but in the winter, I'd have wished for corrals. Well, thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. We ask it every single Wednesday morning across the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram. And make sure to comment and participate so you'll be mentioned or featured on an upcoming episode. So now back to today's episode, which longstanding software brand is joining me today? Well, it's Esker. Esker is a global cloud platform built to unlock strategic value for finance and customer service professionals and strengthen collaboration between companies by automating the cash conversion cycle. By developing AI-driven technologies and automating the order-to-cash and procure-to-pay cycles, Esker frees up finance and customer service professionals from time-consuming tasks, helping them to be more efficient and enables them to develop new skills. Today, Daniel Reeve, U.S. Director of Sales and Business Development at Esker, joins me to chat all about the company and what they do. The power of positive sum growth, why data, blockchain, and predictive AI AI are the future of the industry, and why not all cloud platforms are created equal. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Dan. Dan Reeve is a sales director approaching 22 years with Esker. Dan works to help companies free up frontline troops to be finance and customer service rock stars through the application of machine learning and AI. Dan was fortunate to serve 10 years as combat engineer in the British Army, then was attached to the Wisconsin Army National Guard. He traveled the world, served alongside Americans and many others, and learned everyone has a good idea. Every Army unit thinks they are better. And what can you learn and apply so that you are indeed better prepared and more professional next time? So welcome to the show, Dan. Hey. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, Esker has been around for nearly 40 years, which in the world of digital tech is a very long time, but you've really established yourselves as a market leader. You partner with the biggest brands from Microsoft to SAP. You have a global presence, and I just cannot wait to really get under the skin of what you guys are doing because... It really sounds incredible. So let's dive right in. Give us an overview of Esker before we dive a little bit deeper. Who are you? What do you do? And how do you help your customers? Yeah, the thousand people, 15 offices around the world. Nice. Um, you know, like you said, close to 40 years, close to 40 years. And uh, the reality is folks are turning to us when they're trying to free up their staff within customer service, finance, supply chain to be rock stars better serve the customer, better serve the supplier, uh, free up their um, their staff to better help sales staff serve customers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I love the fact that you use the word rock stars. I mean, supply chain professionals really are rock stars, right? Yeah. I mean, I think um, the supply chain professionals often touch the customer more than the salesperson. And you know, that's yeah. me as a salesperson saying that, you know, I've seen my role as um 
um, vice president of sales, but we, we, I realize it's the supply chain, the logistics folks who often have a big deal. So it is about, I think, free, freeing up your, we often see customer service reps will work for a, uh, you know, manager or manageress or whoever who rolls up to the, he or she who runs the, you know, VP of supply chain. So yes, supply chain folks are really important. Love that. So yeah. you say that you're more than just another cloud platform. And I really like that because it's a busy market and there's no way of getting around that. But let's talk about your mission, your history, and what really sets you apart in the market. Um, I think what sets us apart or why, for, I should say, why do companies invest in Esco and invest further? Increasingly, we've often been seen as a best of breed, best of breed for receivables or um, procure to pay or the order management technology. And increasingly, I think companies are realizing, oh, you guys are best of suite. I can start mm-hmm. in one area. I can, for example, I can, I can automate my a- AP process or replace a broken process. But then if I want to go upstream and add procurement or if I also want to improve my the way I collect money or I apply cash or the way I receive questions and orders from customers, I can do all of that. So I, I really think companies are looking to put technology in that leverages and enhances their ERP mm-hmm. um, and improves the experience for the customer and the supplier and their staff. Yeah, and I think what you're also talking about, and I talk about all the time because you can see behind me, collaboration is the future of business. And so what you're really doing is you're you're bringing departments together right? In a mission of um, them being able to talk to each other and use the same technology so that we can have, you know, really a collaboration of success. Yeah, I think, you know, um, over the years, what folks have encouraged us to do is um, bring the technology so that information from, I don't know, credit, for example, can be shared with the supply chain or the customer service team. Mm -hmm. Hey, these guys over here, their credit's getting worse. Or actually, they, they, their credit's fine. And, and by the way, they did pay you already. You should give them a greater um, ability to buy goods and services, you know, extend their credit. <laughs> Excuse me. So I, I do think folks are wanting technology that can be used across different departments. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want in insights across different departments. So um, also they can make better decisions quicker, save money and improve the experience for the customer or the supplier. Yeah, and that's what this is all about, really, is the customer experience. That's how we keep customers. That's how we gain new customers. And we really have to come together as an organization to be able to do that. Now, you also talk about positive sum growth. Talk to us about what that means for brands, their employees, customers, suppliers, and for the planet. Yeah, um, clearly you've been on our website. But uh, yeah, I mean, the concept behind that is how do I put technology in that brings efficiency and automation within my enterprise without making it there, there for painful for my customer and my supplier, for example, mm-hmm. you know, for the inter- for the planet, we're talking about moving more paper-based processes to uh, electronic. Right. Um, and obviously there's a value in that, uh, but what we're really getting at with positive sum growth is I want to put technology in, not necessarily technology that, you know, traditionally technology was put in because it allowed companies to, um, reduce the number of positions they have. And I think many companies have realized, no, you know, they, they want to be streamlined, they want to be efficient, but more importantly, they want to free their people up. I want to free my folks up in, 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 in payables, and I'll often say, to do what? Right. What do you want to achieve with these folks? In a year's time, when you've got that time saved, what will you do with them? 
What's the vision? And people will often say, you know, I wish I had more time to do audits. I wish I had more time to build supplier relations. I wish I had more time to positively go back to the customer and say, what were the things you wanted to order and we didn't have? Or, hey, I want to get back to pre-pandemic, before the pandemic, where some customer service reps were going to see uh, one or two customers mm-hmm. a year because they, they were building relationships. Customer service departments were, were you know, bringing in extra revenue um, over and above what the salespeople were doing because they had time to go and build relationships. So when we talk about positive sum growth. It's about how do you free up your folks to go and do better things without it being at the, spend, at the expense of the customer or the supplier. Hey, I've got automation here. There you go. More right. work for you. You know, we're trying right. to get away from that. Absolutely. And what you also described was how important people are to this whole mm. process, right? Mm. You're a technology company. And you've mm. been a you've been a technology company for a number of years. But what you're really talking about is how technology is enabling and pow- empowering people. You know, that. if you go back if you go back in the day when I first started at Esker, I was selling technology terminal emulation mm-hmm. to revamp mainframes and 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 older business systems to look more like a Windows application. Right. The reason we were doing it was to improve customer experience. Okay, so I'd come to work and, you know, and, and I, I come to work and it, the look and feel is good. And I like, I'm, I can navigate this thing versus trying to log into a mainframe. I, I, you know, users weren't going to do that. They, they didn't understand it. They would get confused and frustrated. Mm-hmm. You go forward, you know, what, 20, 30 years. And, and here we are where I think users or customers or suppliers you interact with a technology, everyone's busy. Everyone has too many emails. Right. Everyone's got a limited amount of time. And when you put technology in, there's often a, pe- a technology, there's a bit of a dip. So when you put technology in, yes, you need to give people time to test and train and get used to something new. But they've still got all the, you know, it's tough because I don't think change management and people are resistant to technology just because they're resistant. No, I think right. a lot of the time it's because they're so busy, everything's so pressured. And so you, if you are going to put in new technology, yet we have to take the time to explain how it will work, how things are different, support them after they go live with hypercare, mm-hmm. but really understand that the technology is just one piece of it. Yeah. You know, just because you build this supplier portal where they can see when they're going to get paid, they can ask it to get paid early for a slight discount, et cetera, et cetera. You can either hold them and guide their hand and make it super easy for them to adopt that technology. Mm-hmm. You, you need to hold the hand of executives just as much as users to show here's how you here's how things are going to change, but it's going to be okay. It looks and it operates a bit different, but here's how we get you through it. I think that's become, you know, again back in the day it was it was revamping um, green screens, black screens, and now it's 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 a bit more about helping people to um, get on board with the technology. You know, there's always. Technology promises great outcomes, great efficiencies, great savings, great visibility, but there's work involved to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And so is that what, you know, a client or a potential client can expect from you from an onboarding process? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I think there's a metric out there that says something like 18 to 23%, only 18 to 23% of digital transformation projects are really successful. I think there's also metrics that say many CFOs, they're, they can't find the folks. They're struggling to keep their folks, but they're under massive pressure to put in digital transformation. Yet at the same time, they're very worried about, well, is the vendor truly going to have my back? You know, okay, yeah. they talk about how quickly it can be deployed. But what I need is I do need a vendor who will stick around 
Mm-hmm. Train the different pockets. Do a second round of training. Do some hypercare. Yeah. Tell us where we can be more effective. I see you're driving the engine at 65 miles an hour. That's great. You could get up to 80, but and, and here's what you could do to make it really efficient. I think, um, you know, I, I see some folks out there, you know, I don't know if the word is overpromising, but AI and, and artificial intelligence and machine learning, yep, it's all wrapped into this technology, these platforms mm-hmm. or this platform. But I still think people value training, coaching, you yeah. know, having someone come on site, look them in the eye and say, right, you know, I'll walk you through this. Yeah. I'll build you some documentation. I'll get you comfortable. It's okay. We can go over this again. I think that sort of thing is still really important. Yeah. You're not alone. And every question is a good question. Right? There's no wrong wrong questions here or having to ask to get some help to, to really figure something out for a second time. Right? They right. want to feel like they're not alone. So let's take a, a closer look at your solutions. Let's start with Procure to Pay because you were actually named 2022 Gartner Magic Quadrant Report for P2P Suites, which is a huge achievement. So congratulations. What does the solution do? How does it work? And what uh, P2P challenges are you really helping to solve for your customers? Yeah, great point. I mean, the recognition multiple years in a row now from Gartner is great. And our analysts, and they've all started to put us in their top end of their quadrants. So that's really nice to see. No doubt we started as a best of breed solution for accounts payable. And I think of a company in Atlanta as a good example where they said, look, we want something that works well. We want great project management. We want aftercare. We, mm-hmm. we want an easy to use um, application. We see all that in you. And then what we want to do is put this technology in and then we'd like to do a little bit of contract management or a little bit of procurement yeah. um, over time, a little bit of budget control. But we want to start here, knowing you've got all those other capabilities in the toolbox. So that you know, it's payable, it's workflow, it's imaging, it's AI. Um, you know, Bring the invoice in. I like to say, get it sped around the organization at the speed of a thousand gazelles. I like that. Because <laughs> you know, the supplier wants to see that they can get paid. They can get paid early. You can pay them early with your own cash. You could use ESCO's embedded finance function to pay them early mm-hmm. and still earn some early payment discounts. That's important right now because treasurers are hungrier than ever to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, as part of that suite, there's there's a supplier management piece of, so you can bring on suppliers, you, you make sure they're not going to be bad actors and you're not going to risk your brand. There's a contract management and sourcing piece. Mm-hmm. So you, this technology, and I'll stand by this, this technology has now become self-funding because mm-hmm. Some are doing sourcing exercise, simple sourcing exercises before they even launch our payables technology or procurement technology. Wow. Um, recently, somebody did that and with no training from us, six sourcing events, they saved 300,000 uh, pounds. I think it was pounds, not dollars. Pounds. Yeah. Wow. So we're seeing a lot of folks, uh, they're, they're enjoying the icing on the cake first. They're like, right, well, we're going to do a sourcing <laughs> event. We're going to find a load of savings. <laughs> We can we, we we've we've paid for a load of these ESCA tools now, which in, right. in turn allows us to improve our days payable, outstanding, improve our um, uh, receivables process, etc. So it's exciting times to see um, companies really taking advantage of that platform. Yeah. And I love to hear your passion about it and the stories, right? We want to hear about how your company is really helping. And I think you also have an order to cash solution because that's really all about uniting the people, which we talked about earlier, and the processes that impact customer experience, which again, is really, really important, particularly in this current climate. So what does that solution look like? And how is it facilitating collaboration and optimizing 
organization that brings both the people and the processes together? Well, traditionally, uh, and we've been providing order management technology for you know um, over a decade. Um, it was all about can the the customer service leader, um, the supply chain owners, can we free up our customer service reps mm. to not have to key orders in or to make sure they're not blowing up the supply chain because they entered the wrong order. So that's where I think it started. And that was all, can we do more with less? Can we be as efficient as possible? And I think it's evolved. I think today you you, you have a situation where customers want to know of any delays or issues or changes to their order. Yeah. Um, the sales reps out in the field want to be able to quickly talk to someone and know what's going on, where are the shipments, what do I need to convey to my customer. The CSR there in the middle needs to know of any changes, delays, or impacts to what they're expecting. The minute an order comes in, I think they're under a lot of pressure to rush and source the materials, plan the delivery for the customer. And it's a, at the same time, they, they, you know, there they are, there's a backdrop of, I need to, to, to wow the customer, I need to be free to do those things. Mm-hmm. Yet much of the time, I'm still receiving... EDI orders have got problems and they need to be fixed. Orders via um, email or PDF. Orders that didn't get completed in the online shopping cart. So I've got all these different channels of how orders come in. And I've got millions of questions coming into my inbox. Some are requests, some are issues, some are spam. This is a return request. This is a complaint. This is is, is actually an order. This is me wanting to order uh, given... um, you know, a quote you gave me previously. Mm-hmm. This is where folks have said, oh, it's a, it's a mess. It's a hot mess, that, that inbox. Mm-hmm. So can you, one, help us apply AI to clean that up, classify mm-hmm. it, clean it, tell me what's an order, what is not, what is a request, what is a dispute? Just just clean up the inbox, please, because I'm dying right. there, right? So <laughs> folks are asking for that. Yeah. And also, well, look, you know, one of the companies we work with is um, a, door, a, door, a door manufacturing um, company, one of the leaders in the space, mm-hmm. and they said, Look, there's eight, 16 different types of um, w- replies we tend to give our customers. Okay. And they're templated. We've got these six, 16 different replies, but what changes the date, the field, the product. Right. You guys can automate that. You can look at what they were asking for. You can see what's going on, and you can automatically send a reply back to the customer, letting them know, here's your sta- status, here's the shipping mm-hmm. note, here's where your product is, here's what the issues are. Um, so I think... Just as, you know, when I order a, on a Friday night, I'm guilty sometimes. I'll order a curry from this and I, you know, <laughs> you know, I could drive two miles down the road, but now, okay, I'll order it. But I'm yeah. looking to see where, where, where's, you know, where's the driver? Where's the, yeah, exactly. He seems to be hung up at those lights. <laughs> I think folks want that to be proactively served. Mm-hmm. And when an order comes in, what we're seeing and, and, and doing is folks are saying, hey, yes, I want your order confirmation and, or at least an earlier acknowledgement to say, I've got you. I've got your order. Relax. Right. You're good. Yeah. People want that. Mm-hmm. I also want, I think customers also want to know a shipping update mm-hmm. and they want to know of any delays or changes because they in turn yeah. need to go and explain to their customers, oh, there's a delay, there's a change. Yes. But I'm letting you know so you can go and set the right expectations with your customers. Yeah. I've got one customer that said to me, Dan, everything is late all the time. Hmm. He says, it wasn't always this way. So he says, any visibility you can give us that the, the, the order, the shipment date, something's changed is good because then I can go, you know, good news gets worse with time or bad have news gets worse with time. Yeah, right? go and have that conversation, yeah. yeah. So back to t- 
technology to, um, you know, yes, update the case, update Salesforce to the CRM, what's going on, so you can track and manage your folks. But really, it's all about how do I free my people up to go wow the customer, grow revenue as a result, keep the customer. You're going to have problems. And Gartner says what keeps customers is how quickly do you fix the issue? Yeah. Not just how quickly do you place the order, but it's really about how quickly do you solve the problems? Yeah. And you solve, you know, people solve problems. Mm-hmm. You, when they have the ability to think, to understand it, to, to see what's going on, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's such a critical factor right now, right? Especially when people are, you know, really um, wanting to get new customers, right? Get in front of new customers. I mean, you think about the marketing and the marketing dollars that need to go out into consumer land to just even be able to get one customer. I mean, that Mm. customer is very, very, very valuable. Mm. And you're right. It all comes down to communication. Because when we're in that moment, we're dealing with that shipment, everything's right here. But what we don't sometimes realize is how it's affecting like the tentacles, right? How it's affecting everybody either downstream or upstream. And what that actually means to them and their everyday and the expectations that they have on their side and the communication that they have to bring. And without being able to have that information, they can't communicate, they can't set expectations, and then everybody just gets out of joint. Mm. Right? And so I think technology can help with that. And that's what we're talking about today is how your technology is enabling. And a lot of times we talk about the technology and the optimization and what it can actually functionally do. Mm. But today we're really talking about what it means to people. And I love that because that's such a different approach. Yeah. It's, one of my jobs is obviously my predominant job is coaching, you know, 45, 50 salespeople. And, and I think one of the, one of my favorite conversations to have with um, a potential customer is to say, okay, what's going on? What do you want? What's going well? Most sales reps yeah. are going to tell me about your pain. And, and, I, and I'm rather talk about, okay, big picture, long term. If you do this, mm-hmm. how does success sh- show up? Mm-hmm. How, does, how, is, how are you going to notice that this project was successful? How, how are your customers going to notice? How are yeah. your suppliers going to notice? Oh, don't tell them. You know, no calling them to give them the, oh, by the way, we put in a new technology. When you start to notice, when you put in new technology or new procedures and the customers and the suppliers start congratulating or commenting, something changed here. What have you guys done? Yeah. So I always find it interesting to ask that question. You know, why are you driving it personally? Why are you personally motivated? What are the outcomes you care for yourself? You know, it's always good to get, get into that. And I often find there are back to people often these department leaders or managers are doing so because they're trying to protect their people or, or help their people grow yeah yeah and it's so it's so important now you and i talked about onboarding and mm. how you really support the customer in the onboarding process can you run us through what it looks like uh for the integration because a lot of times you know i'm sitting here listening to a technology company talk about how their technology can support them but sometimes i'm like well but what does that integration look like because i've got multiple different systems doing different things and i understand that this is an amazing solution for me but i also also need to go back to my IT department and talk to them about helping me integrate this technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a whole suite there when it comes to the integration. And uh, you know, I think we've worked with something like 80, 85 different ERPs. And many companies will have multiple ERPs. In fact, you mentioned Gartner. One of the reasons you know I've, I've had folks turn to us um, 
after they've talk, spoken to Gartner, is, is a lot of companies have realized, oh, Wesker's pretty good, regardless if I'm talking about payables, receivables, or supply chain process. Right. Esco's pretty good at working with multiple ERPs, mm. which means I can go and, you know, I, I work with some CROs who've got aggressive growth goals. They want to acquire companies quickly. They might be acquiring three or five companies a year, and, mm-hmm. and each one of those companies has a different ERP mm-hmm. a different or a different instance or version of that ERP. And how do you quickly absorb companies without having to get them all on your ERP overnight? Right. Most companies are probably going to try and standardize on one ERP over time if they can. But in some cases, that that's not practical. So I often describe ESCO as the digital mop. You know, So regardless of how your customer or supplier wants to send information to you or which companies you buy and what different ERP they have, yep. it's this digital mop that will mop it all up. And, and that's important because... Um, it's important when you you know if you're if you're growing and you're acquiring companies, well you you know you need to have a, a, a if you were to choose Vendesca, then you've got a a company that's work used to work with many different ERPs and system of record, um, and has the ability to connect either through na- the, the native tools that ERP offers, mm-hmm. middleware, Boomi. I'll give Boomi a shout. We we work with those folks quite a bit. Um, if needed, RPA, EDI. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or other direct uh, web services approaches. So for us, it's a, it's a whole, again, it's back to a whole toolbox of different options. Well, and let's talk about that because like you said, you've got RPA, AI, you've got mobile functionality. You, I think it also supports sending and receiving faxes and I think it supports Excel as well. So let's talk a little bit more about finding that balance between helping to drive innovation and digitization in the industry, but also meeting the customers where they are. Yeah, good point. And um, as I was sketching out some notes on this this morning, I was thinking about this, uh, this topic. Um, so if customers are send, sending you orders or inquiries, they might send them in via EDI, EDI PDF, flat file. They could come in through your e-commerce platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point in time, that data needs to be extracted, validated, tested against the master data in the ERP, and posted or vouchered in. So, so those are all different formats. It could be, um, in the payables world, it could be, you could be receiving flat files, paper, PDF, Mm-hmm. nudges from a portal to go and upload an invoice or download an invoice. Um, and in the receivables world and the payables world, actually, you know, you might be sending out or receiving paper mail, email. You might have to go and correspond with various different government platforms. And this is becoming more and more popular in Europe and Asia. Um, and Latin, it's already there in Latin America where if you want to go, you know, if you do business, you pay pay uh, suppliers or you bill customers Typically, the government wants to know because we have aging populations. Mm-hmm. They want to mitigate, cut out fraud, and they want to know what um, you know what revenues they're entitled to. So we're moving into an age where often there's an intermediary, a compliance angle needed too. So that you you know if you can do business, oh, you've got to you've got to loop those folks in using whatever technology standard or whatever platform they want to be a part of. Obviously, mm-hmm. Esco can uh, can help companies there. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Because again, it's not about transforming them 
to what your system can do for them. It's about meeting them where they are. And it sounds like you've got a variety of different functionality to be able to do that. And of course, every organization, like you said, comes with a variety of different challenges that you have to solve for. So you work with customers all over the world. You serve a range of industries. And so if I'm sitting here listening um, to what you're saying, and I really like what you're saying, I'm thinking that Esker could be the solution for me. Who who do I have to be or look like as an ideal client? Well, I don't discriminate. You know, <laughs> if we're a good fit for you, well, we, you know, we're not we're not the type of folks who are going to say, you know, I, I think we're um, joking aside. I think we a lot of companies, you know, this particular niche, chemical, retail, manufacturing, life science, building materials, particularly good there. Mm. Um, but I'm, I, I, you know. Um, media actually there's a variety of um companies and then on in sectors what i did there is i just named off the top of my head some of the companies where we, we, we've we've done a lot of business um i think um certainly anybody who's, who's who's doing business globally running multiple erps yes sap oracle you know the, the top 10 20 erps we, we commonly work there but each year there'll be a, there'll be some companies that we work with, and I've never even heard of the ERP, you know, the system of record. And reality is, if they care about using a tool that's easy to use mm-hmm. um, for payables, folks will often use us because they like the interface. If they're looking for something that's easy to use, so they can send their invoices, set up chasing online payment reminders, and apply the cash, people often use us there. And then the payables tool, also, I mean, the folks, I think, if folks care about a user experience and a workflow that is easy um that's a reason folks will often choose esca over others sometimes if they don't care about that they might go with native erp not to pick on the erps too much but um <laughs> i think often folks if they really care about user experience and 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 they will go with esca i've even one of the biggest projects we've ever had i didn't expect to win it they called us up and said, let's negotiate. What do you mean, what, let's negotiate? Are you going to choose us? <laughs> I just said, you know, at this point, I've, I've been in sales 20 years and I'm kind of surprised that you called. Um, what's going on? What did I miss? And they said, the users. What they uh, said to us is they said, um, the, you, you spent more time with the users. You got to know those folks. They appreciated that. They also said that they would be more willing to use your tool. Wow. And uh, I said, oh, right, okay. You know, and, and that... Um, I was speaking to a former customer who's moved on um, to a different company not long back, and she said, "What what I really enjoyed about working with, with with your company, Dan, is your philosophy is not just oh well, the minute the minute the senior stakeholder leaves the room, you guys don't care, right? And you're not rushing to just get a deal and oh okay now on to the next customer. Most companies I work with here at Esco, you know, they're they're at least been using us for 10 years, five years, mm. 10 years is what I expect. I mean, I've been here 25 years, so I guess you could say I'm not not that keen on change. But Or you <laughs> could say, well, actually, I really like this company because it's it's a, it's a different mindset. The mindset is for the long term. The mindset is put the customer, we know we have to get the customer successful. We know people turn over. Mm-hmm. Stakeholders, users, they turn over a lot. And back to customer experience, we realize, therefore, we have to continually keep training these folks. Yeah, It's not like in the old days where you sold a load of licenses and moved on. Now I think people can vote with their feet. Okay, yes, they have a, co- a, a, a cloud agreement, a contract. But you're going to be judged on, are my, are my users using it? 
Are my approvers using it? Are you bringing the efficiency as well? So I th- I think there's almost when you when you when you work with a SaaS vendor nowadays, there's an obligation for both the customer and the SaaS vendor to keep fine tuning and improving and training and training people who come in. The positive side is this: when you do that, people leave and they take you with them to the next company. Yeah, and 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 that's almost thirty percent of our business, which is hmm. which is. I'm not wow. going to say money grows on trees, but it was, you know, it's it's been a deliberate focus, mm-hmm. and that's been the side benefit. Well, and you're part of the continuous improvement for an organization, as well, right? Which I think is a really, really, really big deal. So now it's time for the case study portion of this conversation, and I know you've given us some amazing stories thus far, um, but I really want you to dive a little bit deeper. Talk to me about. Somebody, one of your customers that came to you, what was the challenge they came to you with? What was the solution that you provided? And what was the ROI or benefit that they saw from working with you? This is hard because of, you know, the, the, there's, so many, there's so many case <laughs> studies and, the, and the, the solutions are in different areas. But if I pick on order management, I go to NVIDIA because most folks have heard of NVIDIA as one of the, you know, the, the, the biggest uh, growing companies, the, the technology behind the self-driving car well, one of the key technologies there. Um, and, you know, most people have heard of NVIDIA and they're, 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 they're an impressive company. They said, look, we're trying to wow our customers. I don't know if you noticed, Dan, but real estate's pretty expensive here in California, in Northern mm-hmm. California, yep. Can't keep adding staff to, to this process. Um, and I love their quote. They said, we could probably build this ourselves, Dan. <laughs> but you're halfway down the track. So we figure that <laughs> you've already you you've already got such a head start on us that we don't need to. At least they're you know, honest. And, and I like you know they've obviously decided to focus on far better things and they do a great job. Um, but they went from order entry that was taking an average of ten minutes, they cut it to ten seconds. Wow. Um, which in turn allowed them to to you know absorb twenty thirty percent growth and, and to really well more now but to really serve, go free up their people to go better serve their customers. Mm-hmm. So I love that story because. When one obviously, I love the fact that Nvidia said we respect and we recognize what you've done. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Nvidia because we 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 do use some of their technology, um, and uh, the results they achieved. You know, and also I think when I think about receivables and payables, the story what we often see there is companies have achieved twenty thirty percent growth, um, and not had not had to go in and and find more folks. And it's funny how often people come up to me at a trade show and say, "Oh, you saved my bacon." I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, without, without you guys, we would have had to have, have. I heard this just in Salt Lake last week, we would have needed three or four times more folks in the department, which we would never have been able to get, you know, to, to keep up with the service levels and, and to right. maintain the uh, receivables uh, uh, um, and, and age debt at where it is, or to keep our day sales outstanding where it is, we would have need three times more people. There's no way we could have done it without the technology. Wow. Um, my challenge is then getting that on getting that on on paper and turning it right. into a case study before they walk <laughs> past at the trade show. I'm like, stop, stop. You know. So and that's happened to me so many times that it always makes me chuckle, you know. I love that. And it just goes to show, you know, who you are as a company, what you're actually doing and the impact that you're making, um, not only to the industry, but also to organizations globally. So talk to me about the future. What does the future hold for Esker? What can we plan on seeing from you coming up over the next couple of years? I think folks uh, want more predictive insights. 
Mm. Um, I think folks want the they want the efficiencies, of course. They want visibility of where the spend is going. Um, they want to know where there's opportunity or threat. And I think that's things like, oh, we think these guys over here, this bank account doesn't seem to be theirs, or we think perhaps this supply you're trying to onboard, there could be some risks there, be aware of that. Um, we think it, it, predictive insights is, is really hot for the accounts receivable space. Yeah. Um, invoice to cash. Hey, uh, there's, you know, during the pandemic, as an example, the those associated with the um, the um, the restaurant industry took a hit early early on, and I think what folks would have benefited from is technology that said, ah, these companies in this space, their credit um, is perhaps not as good, mm. or their credit has been changing, and therefore you do need to tighten up, or therefore you need to you know tighten up your policies and chase them more aggressively or change the language you use mm -hmm. and inspect that a lot more carefully or um hey these folks over here you know who, who do business with um others using the esco platform they seem to be getting paid faster than you they're getting two or three days they're getting the money two or three days faster imagine which, which is really important right now in, in mm -hmm. the age of working capital so uh, there may be an opportunity for you to go and engage with those folks to to get paid early, and and this is these are sort of things that would that would lead to them paying you earlier. Mm -hmm. I think folks want those insights, that intelligence, the, um, the 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 call to action, so to speak. Absolutely, and so that's what we're going to be able to plan on seeing from Esker. Well, Dan, you know, I really love that. I think we could record a whole other episode and still have more to talk about. In an increasingly uncertain world, business success is multifaceted. Beyond cost cutting, it's about relationship building and long-term value creation. And at the heart of Esker's global cloud platform are intelligent technologies that enable their customers to achieve their larger business goals. Ultimately, creating a better business experience for everyone. So if you'd like to find out more, you can check them out at esker.com, E-S-K-E-R.com. And a massive thanks to Jan Dan for joining me today and to the team at Esker for making this episode happen. Dan, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, I'd love to do another, another session. Really enjoyed it. Um, so if, if you'll have me back, it that, that would be great. Oh, we sure will. All right. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And remember, if you have a supply chain challenge, we've most likely had them featured on our show. And you can find out whether they are the right fit for you 
before you even get in their sales funnel. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com. And remember to come back next week when I'm going to be joined by Will Urban, Chief Revenue Officer at Flexport. Flexport is such a dynamic company. So I'll be asking Will all about what they do and how they're doing it, making sustainability a priority, the importance of providing visibility and control in a fragmented industry, and why global trade is a force for good. I'm also going to be asking some of the pressing questions that the public has for them as well. So I'm really looking forward to this one and make sure that you tune in. If you'd like to support the show, you can support us by following us following us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and our supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also get that dictionary for free. Just head over to our homepage. And remember, we have a brand new initiative out called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. They are peer learning groups and we are bringing you exclusive content with some of the biggest names in the industry. We're also bringing together women in supply chain on a regular basis. And we have a group specifically for marketing professionals in supply chain never seen before. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com, take the quiz and join the waitlist today because we have limited number of spots. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show great week everyone thanks for listening and remember ship happens